Man Unreal. This is Arthur. That is Isaac. And today is Thursday, December 31st, 2020. Isaac, I have never been so relieved to get through a calendar year since 1996. <laughs> what happened in 96? Oh my God. <laughs> was that, wait a minute, was that, was that the year you survived? Was that the survival year? That was the, the, the that was the survival that year. That was the survival year. Okay, all right. That all was right. the survival For year. For more about the survival year, is that still up on our, is that episode nah, still I up? I think I pulled it down. Okay, we got to put that back up. Yeah, we got that. that that's the that's the evergreen episode. That episode should stay up to hear about Arthur's survival year. Um, that's epic. So that episode should stay up. So we got to put that back up. But I, I feel you. Here's the thing. I, I got a question, though. Everybody is kind of like, yeah, you know, 2020 is over and, you know, mm-hmm. put this year behind us. Yeah. What's, We're not done. Did, did, it's like, <laughs> do, do, do viruses have calendars? Do, you know, <laughs> does, is COVID yeah, like, oh, done. it's 2021. So I guess that's a wrap. You know, I, I'm going yeah. to go ahead and leave you all alone now or what? I yeah, don't. We, we're, we're not done. We're not done. So I, I mean, I mean I, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be a downer. It's like, I'm happy about it right. too. But at the same time, right. it's like, everybody is like, yeah, let's put this year behind us. And like, that's it. You know, yeah. this, you know, what's, what's really changed? You know, it's like, uh, we are still in the middle of this, you know, we're still in the thick of this. So, right. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it is good to, uh, but it, and also to feel like some people is code, you know, it's not, they're not, when they say that they're glad 2020 is over, they're not just talking about the virus. They're talking about mm-hmm. everything that happened this summer. You know, and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's sweep that under the rug. And I talk about that. And it's like, no, we do want to talk about that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's also code when people say that. So, um, yeah. But I, as far as, you know, all the other the, you know, the horrific things that have happened this year. Um, I'm with you, man. You know, it's like it is it is kind of good to hopefully turn a corner and, you know, start a new chapter. But right, right um, at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. That's how I'm looking at. It. I mean, I'm looking at 21 as light at the end of the tunnel year, um, and uh, just you know subdividing it in my mind from a planning standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's gonna be yeah. more of the same back half of it. You know, we we should we should really see some progress. Mm-hmm. Well, you're an optimist, man. That's one thing. I, one of the things I like about you know I'm a pessimist. I'm a, I'm I'm a cynic more more so than anything else, but. Um, well, speaking you. of optimism, did you see the article I sent you about my man who built a working Batman grappling gun? <laughs> I just, you know what? Right before we started recording, I saw it. I haven't read it yet, though. Um, but his grappling gun looks enormous, um, just in this this little thumbnail image. Um, but it's you read it. It works. It's, a, it's an actual grappling gun. It works. Um, it is... Uh, a YouTuber mm-hmm. goes by the handle of Built IRL. Mm-hmm. He has a YouTube video. Uh, the article that I first found it um, was posted on The Verge, uh, I believe yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got an on-camera video test of you know his joint. It is big. I mean, it's a, it's <laughs> it's a know, prototype. It's, like it's a, a prototype. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of like a Doctor Doom arm. You know, <laughs> yeah. How he's got this wrapped around his wrist. But my man is like, <laughs> he's raising himself up and putting himself back on the ground. Mm. 
Uh, well, he just he just blew his secret. If he if he plans on doing anything with this, so he just completely just blew his little secret identity. So, assuming he's planning on marketing this, um, probably I, I would think so. Company. But I'm with you. I, I would I'd leave this uh, I'd I'd leave this in the vault until I figure <laughs> out a, a proper use case for mm-hmm, it. Yeah. But I'm just putting it in the file of things that I need alongside that uh, <laughs> that life size transformer that mm-hmm. we found a few months ago <laughs> in right, Japan. Right. Yeah. You do have a need to be grappling, hooking, and you know climbing up buildings and shit i'm put this on the list for you for your birthday next year Um, absolutely i mean i've been in the house for a while i could stand to you know (laughs) that's that's the problem like you you've been in the house so long you thinking of crazy shit to do stuff you don't need to be doing um but yeah i'll tell your wife about this i'm i'm two for two in the gifts though because i've told your wife about two things to get you and what I, i just found out the other day the second thing panned out too uh what was the first thing the first thing oh was the uh the godzilla um criterion collection uh oh, yeah the godzilla thing I, I, I was like yeah you might want to get that for arthur that's a good gift for arthur i know my boy get him that she got mm-hmm. it you were happy then the second thing recently um what did i say the uh the hardback mandalorian artwork book the art of the mandalorian and yeah you, that was under your little christmas tree a couple uh last week and you were happy so i'm two for two you are you are that was a highlight of the uh, of the holiday extravaganza yeah so you need to tell my wife son to get me something oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right so um we're getting ready to kick this off this is going to be our annual new year's day show uh we've got mad thoughts on the 2021 films and tv series that we're most excited about uh so let's go uh Oh man, messed that up. My my whole timing's off now that we're trying to you know do this with a more natural live <laughs> natural right. flow. Right. So so uh, so 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 do it again. Just just let it just let it flow. Let let go. Let, let go, Luke, and just let it let it flow naturally. Mm. Now, what episode is this? This is Mad Unreal episode thirty one, and let's go. <laughs> We all know 2020 was unreal, and but not in a good way. Uh, but on this special episode of Mad Unreal, we're going to be bringing in the new year the right way by uh, taking a look at the upcoming 2021 films and TV series um, that we are most excited about. So um, to scope this a little bit, we've just got, you know, we got a few categories, um, Marvel, uh, the the gigantic um, reveal of uh, Disney's Investor Day presentation. Mm-hmm. I believe that was in that was in November, right? When they did that, uh, that was the beginning. Uh, I think it was after Thanksgiving, so I think it was the beginning of December. But yeah, it was like Investor yeah. Day. You know, back in the day, Investor Day was just like you know a phone call that they would literally have with their investors, and then you would get you know you'd hear about what happened. Uh, we would hear about what happened through reporting. You know, we read articles. They say, oh, yeah, you know, blah, 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 because reporters were on the call as well and listening in, and, you know, whatever. But now it's like it's become an event. It's become like mm-hmm. I don't it's, even know how to describe it. It was a presentation. It's like a, a Steve Jobs Apple product. Exactly. Reveal. Exactly. It becomes like a Steve Jobs thing. I, I guess, you know, the pandemic, um, you know, the need to have some sort of monumental big event during this pandemic knowing that they can't actually you know bring people to a room or a theater or whatever and do mm-hmm. that 
Mm -hmm. Investor Day just presented that opportunity. So, yeah, uh, beginning of this month, Disney had their Investor Day presentation. And it was just like from Marvel to Star Wars to some of the other stuff. It was just it was bananas, man. It was really, really crazy. But, yeah, so our first category, though, is Marvel. And then what are we getting into after that? Uh, after that, we're going to look at the Bronner Brothers uh, DC Universe strategy. Uh, of course, we're going to touch on Bond. Always got to bring it back to Bond. Always bring it back to Bond. And then uh, round this off with Star Wars and Lucasfilm. Yeah, cool. So let's start with Marvel. What's uh, what's what's first up with, in 2021 with Marvel? Well, WandaVision. Um, Wanda and Vision are going to debut January 15th on Disney Plus um, and a, you know a real question is will this show be enough to entice non-MCU fans you figure that to. you and I we're definitely going to be on that mm. um, you know basically day one I, I, although, although, although I would be surprised if you do it like Mandalorian way where it's like you up at like five forty-five in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And see, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's the first thing that popped in my mind and thinking about this, you know, that this is the first MCU television show. Okay. I mean, Marvel it's different than star Wars because with the star Wars situation you had other than the holiday special, um, Mandalorian was the first live action, you know, star Wars show. Whereas with Marvel, you know, remember back when we were little kids, you had the little Spider-Man live action, Peter Parker, Spider-Man TV show. Yep. Um, I think Lou it was Frigno as Hulk. Yeah. Lou Ferrigno as Hulk. You had different, you know, shows, live action shows. Um, so this is not Marvel's first time out the gate, but it is the MCU's, you know, Marvel mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe. This is their first show. So what I'm glad you brought the Mandalorian, because what I thought about was that just contrasting these two things. So last 2019. Disney Plus launches and its first thing out the gate, really, you know, its first big swing is The Mandalorian. Yeah. So they had the hype, though, behind it that, again, this was the first live action Star Wars television show. Um, They had Jon Favreau, you know, uh, mm-hmm. connected with. He had a lot of, you know, he's he has a lot of Hollywood weight, but he had a lot of love from the Unreal community, basically, because of his affiliation with Iron Man and the whole MCU. Yeah. Um, there was just it was coming off of uh the last jedi and all the controversy that the last jedi caused and for a lot of fans who were dissatisfied with the last jedi they were looking at the mandalorians thinking okay is this going to you know not make up for but you know kind of balance things out with what they thought you know with what they wanted you know from star wars at that time um Mm -hmm. based on the Mm -hmm. trailers and everything we knew about the series um so I, i say that to say that there was there's a lot of hype behind the Mandalorian and I'm looking at WandaVision wondering like you asked, okay, is this going to entice nine MCU fans now for the MCU cats? Of course, we're going to be watching this. We want to know, you know, what happened with some of our main characters after, um, in game after Avengers in game, um, yeah. we got Spider-Man, uh, far from home. Um, after that, mm-hmm. I think that was the last film. That was the last theatrical release, I believe for, for the MCU before the pandemic. Um, so we get a little bit of taste of what the world is like post, you know, Thanos, post Endgame, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. post Iron Man, you know, post Tony Stark. Um, but here is a more, you know, we're getting, you know, I think it's eight episodes. I don't know if it's eight or 12 episodes, but we're getting a series that's going to launch, you know, show us what is going on in that world post Thanos. 
And I don't know, man. I don't know if Wanda and Vision, you know, these are not Wanda and Vision are not household names. You know, Scarlet Witch and Vision are not household names. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's yeah, not to say that's not to say the Mandalorian was a household name, you know, uh, prior to the debut of the series. But again, like I just outlined, there's other factors, I think, weighing in on that, you know, hype machine for Star Wars that helped that series out. And then on top of it, mm-hmm. it was it ended up being a great show. So that helps as well. But with coming out the gate with, you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision, and also we've seen the trailers. We know that this show is a little bit out there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? This is a very kind of... I'm glad you brought... Yeah, go ahead. It's a very ahead, dynamic dynamic um, direction that they're going in with this show. Right. And right. I'm wondering, is this, you know, because... And I also think, I think, Arthur, I'm not, I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure on this, but I think... Prior to the pandemic, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was was slated to be the first, you know, MCU show. That's right. On Disney That's Plus. Right. Um, right. Not to say that Falcon and Winter Soldier are, you know, more top tier characters than Scarlet Witch and Vision. But in a way, they kind of are because Winter Soldier had his name attached to that second Captain America movie mm-hmm. um, and their whole association with uh, with Captain America and their presence within, you know, Avengers and Avengers Infinity War Avengers uh, or Ultron Infinity War and Endgame kind of yeah. puts them at a, at a higher level I think you know a little bit of higher level so and, and it just felt more like that was the more you know that's the one you want to debut with you know that's the one you mm-hmm. want to lead with mm-hmm. um, this feels a little bit more risky I don't I don't think WandaVision I, I'm fairly certain WandaVision was not set up for this. It wasn't set up to be the debut, you know what I'm saying? To right. have that weight on his shoulders. And right. so I'm, I'm a little bit curious to see how is this going to work for, you know, people, is this going to get anybody to subscribe to Disney plus? I don't think so. You know, anybody yeah, who isn't our hardcore MCU heads are already subscribed. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. they're, they're already mm-hmm. on board. I don't think that this is going to, you know, drive people to Disney plus who weren't there already. Yeah. Now, in terms of driving subscriptions, I don't think in I know that we're going to get to projects that we're you know looking forward to, but I don't think that that Marvel has a TV show that's going to really drive subscriptions like the Mandalorian would mm-hmm. on paper and by announcement. Uh, aside from Loki, mm-hmm. I think Loki is going to be that one that would be the subscription driver. Mm-hmm. Um, but specific to WandaVision, the previews that I've seen, the trailers that I've seen gives me the and also a lot of the artwork. There was like a series of posters that had been mm-hmm. uh, created that Disney was releasing uh, to an, uh, to further announce January 15th as the date of debut um, that Wanda is projecting this environment right. that they're that they're living in based on the decade in which they're you know in at the time we don't really we don't really know at least the trailers don't you know make that clear mm-hmm. um and even though you know they are b team avengers um along with the falcon and along with winter soldier uh i think vision does stand on the uh the platform of 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 tony starks uh tony stark and uh david banner who you know made vision but that's not an obvious thing i mean mm-hmm. that's something that if, for example if you didn't see ultron avengers ultron the second avengers movie 
you know, you, 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 you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know that because creation of vision is fair is, is that, that happens, you know, in that film. Right. Um, I think that WandaVision's best play is the quirkiness of it. Um, is the, uh, uh, is the, not the idea, but, um, the weirdness the, of it, the, the, the weirdness the, of it and promoting that weirdness mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and creating some, some mystery around it mm-hmm. again, you know, with the posters and how the trailers are. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, uh, so what you're saying, it may be because this is such a out of left field move for, for Marvel. I mean, if you think that if you're a person who doesn't go to a lot of these type of films, or maybe you only go to the big ones, like maybe you only saw infinity war and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't see like, you know, Civil War or, um, you know, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier or Iron Man 2 or something like that. But you kind of, you know, put all of these movies into the same category. You know, saying like, you know, Marvel movies look this way, you know, like yeah. these are these are Marvel movies. Um, yeah. And maybe you're like, you know, I'm not as interested in seeing all of these because they're all kind of similar. We know people like that. We know somebody like that um, uh, <laughs> who's very close to us um, mm-hmm. who will probably agree to that. So I think, though, maybe it's like what you're saying, coming out of left field like this um, with something that's so weird, you know, that looks so weird. Maybe that'll be something that entices people who aren't necessarily MCU fans um, to at least want to check it out, particularly if that first episode, if the first and second episode starts a buzz um, Mm -hmm. and starts trending and starts, you know, um, people are talking about it and there's some word of mouth. I think that may, if it becomes, if they can pull off, you know, a baby Yoda type thing, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, cause that's, that was again, that, you know, that was what the Mandalorian had all that hype going into it, but mm-hmm. baby Yoda, you know what I'm saying? Is what really launched it into pop culture and made people who don't, who weren't even checking for star Wars to want to at least find out what's going on over there. Um, so if vision and if Wanda vision can pull off a baby Yoda, um, and do something that launches it or puts it into the con- the pop culture conversation, then I think yeah. you will see people, you know, who aren't MCU fans, maybe starting to subscribe to Disney plus cause they want to be a part of this show. You know, yeah. so I, I agree with, I, I kind of, I like that you said that. Cause I think that may be a, that may be what, you know, uh, Kevin Feige and team are thinking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Paul Bettany as vision and Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Scarlet rich. I mean, they're, they're good actors. I mean, they have mm-hmm. a good, leading cast you know mm-hmm. so and of course with the experience of them playing these roles over a number of years and a number of films um they're not going to start off cold you know what i mean they're, they're, they're going to know the character they're going to know what the characters are going to do and i think that it could be where the story and and the performance of the storylines are going to be you know compelling as well mm-hmm. I, and i'm interested in with with the scarlet witch with wanda i'm really interested in seeing her explore her power you know in the comics she's she's they've explored the the, the extent of her power even more but one of my favorite scenes in endgame um for as much as you know it's all it's almost like presented as the most powerful people on the field at that point at the end of that movie mm-hmm. are you know thor and captain marvel um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the person that comes close to killing, you know, first in Infinity War, the person obviously that comes close to killing Thanos is Thor. In Endgame, the person that comes close to killing Thanos is Scarlet Witch. Yeah. She was lighting his ass up, and to the point yeah. where he was like, basically, 
Get this uh, off of me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. like, like, fire help, help everything. <laughs> and the dude was like, hold on, we're going to kill you. He's like, I don't care. This uh is killing me. You know, get right. it off of me. Right. And uh-huh. that was the only thing that got him out because she was ripping them apart, man. Uh-huh. And I was like, yo, I, I, I want to explore more the extent of her power because I think she's, you know, she's she hasn't tapped into because, you know, everything that that Infinity Stone uh, gave her. I don't think she's tapped into it yet in the MCU. Um, yeah. So that'll be interesting. So what now? Go Vision ahead, still has Vision is still wearing an Infinity Stone, right? That's hey, dog. I don't know what's going to happen with Vision. Vision's dead. You know what I'm saying he ripped the well, yeah he ripped, he <laughs> yeah, ripped yeah yeah he yeah, literally okay. ripped the Infinity Stone out of his head, and so, and then at the point when in Endgame, when uh, Steve Rogers goes back in time to return all the Infinity Stones and everything that was taken. Um, Thor's hammer, all those things to their mm-hmm. proper timelines. I don't know. Does he put the Infinity Stone back in, you know, Vision's head? I don't know how that works. And so that yeah. I think that's all the questions that we're going to find out answers to um, over the course of this this limited series. And then keep in mind, uh, Wanda is supposed to at least uh, they haven't mentioned Vision, but definitely Scarlet Witch is mm-hmm. going to be a part of the um, the storyline of the next Doctor Strange movie which comes out in 2022, the multiverse, man, it's the multiverse. So, um, yeah, so we'll, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to your question, but I think that I'm hoping that we'll find out more of those answers because it is, if, if, if Wanda is creating this world and vision is there, okay, that makes sense. She will put vision mm-hmm. in the world. She loves him. She wants to bring him, but that doesn't mean right. he's back. That's just her projection of him. So I imagine that what we're going to get is some sort of, resurrection maybe of vision in the real world i mean it's world, possible or, because we know, have a loki series and loki, loki yeah, was yeah and murdered that's by thanos i'm gonna get into that in a minute because i think that's that's very interesting all right but, well okay. let's let's move into the next uh the next show mm-hmm. that's coming out uh by the mcu on disney plus the falcon and the winter soldier uh we just talked about this this was going to be the premiere show uh for marvel uh it's now slated to debut march 19th 2021 um and we talked about this off and on mm-hmm. uh, in previous Man on Real episodes. Um, but, you know, I mean, let's get to it. Will the show delve into uh, the racism storyline of the comics? So, <clears throat> what? And, and this is interesting. I haven't read these. I'm a full disclosure. I've not read these books, um, these comics. Isaiah Bradley was the character. Mm-hmm. And, and the, I think the series was called The Truth. Uh, Robert yeah, Morales. Captain America Truth. Right. Uh-huh. So, and in that, in that storyline, uh, I believe this brother, Isaiah Bradley was, um, the first captain America, you know, the government experimented on black soldiers, um, again, I'm presumably against their will illegally, you know, amorally, um, mm-hmm. horrifically, all the things that they've done in real life, um, were in this comic book storyline and they, you know, used the super, the super serum to see what it would do before they would actually give it to a white soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Isaiah Bradley became the first Captain America. Um, and I think that they, at some point, I believe there's another story. I don't know if it's within the truth. I don't know. I'm going to find out, but I don't know if it's within the same comic. But at some point when um, your boy, um, mm-hmm. Sam, becomes the next Captain America, the government has issues with a black Captain America. And so they find someone else to be Captain America, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed, whatever. Um, and take the, you know, take that man away from Sam and give it to this other dude, you know, to the, to the, to the white dude. And that's what, and I, I, that scene in the trailer, 
the scene where you see what we think is Bucky or not Bucky, what we think is Sam, but I don't, I don't think it's Sam, but somebody in a Captain America suit running onto a field, a football yeah. field, and, you know, giving a high five to somebody. I'm wondering, is that is that Sam or is that the replacement? Is that the white mm-hmm. replacement? You know, so bottom line, you know, the question that you raised a minute ago is that's the most interesting thing about this for me is that are they going to dive into um, the racial aspect of, you know, a black mm-hmm. Captain America? And more more importantly for me, Arthur, and this is what they're not going to do. I'm going I'm to predict this right now. This is what they're not going to do. I, they may get into the um, the ideals of, you know, oh, the government or maybe even just they'll find that one person like they do a lot of times. They'll find one person and make him the bad guy and say, is this guy not the whole government? It's this guy who has a problem with Sam being Captain America and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. They may do that. I don't think they're going to get I could be wrong, but I don't think they're going to get into the confliction that or the, the conflict that um, Sam himself may have with being Captain America. Like, look at all the things that this country has done to my people. Can I represent, mm-hmm. you know, all of those, this thing in its entirety? Is there any jingoism? You know, is this feel slightly jingoistic? You know, I don't think they're going to do that. I really don't think mm-hmm. they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. If I was writing it, absolutely. That's what they would get into, but I don't think they're going to do that. Um, but there is a, ch- there's a chance though. I think that they'll get into the, when, when Sam says in the trailer, he says, this there's a compl- he said I'm paraphrasing, but he says, you know, this shield has a complicated past or there's a complicated history with this shield. Mm-hmm. I think he may be alluding to this whole Isaiah Bradley thing. Um, and I think mm-hmm. they may bring that in. What do you think? Um, I, I think, you know, I think they'll bring it in. I do. But I also think that uh, I also think that this is Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe not every episode but i think the presumably season one of falcon and winter soldier is going to work out like you know a cbs drama where at the end everything just works out Hmm. and that's what happens on cbs dramas (laughs) yeah they it really does man it really does from um is this what you watch when this is like your folding clothes stuff is watching cbs dramas is that what you do? Uh, actually, actually, we've been watching All Rise. Oh my God, and you guys! All, you guys are I, officially old. <laughs> That's old people programming, man. My mother watches that. <laughs> but Misty's in it. Uh, yeah, I know Misty from uh, from Luke Cage. I know. Yeah, that almost got me to watch too. I'm not gonna lie, but um yeah all rise okay that's definitely so that's 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 Simone Missick is is that's is, baby boomer programming right there for, my you know <laughs> um but yeah man I mean you know CBS it all it, it, it all works out <laughs> it in the end <laughs> so okay. I you know so I think I think I think that I think that there would be some that there would be some statements that are made mm-hmm. um um, but you know they're going to be what they are because we're talking about a show that was produced in 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 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely written, and you know you, there's always a chance for for rewrites, but it's it's not like we're going to see you know a fall 2020 issue mm-hmm. well, go yeah. down in Falcon right. and Winter Soldier, um, and you know there's the Winter Soldier component, and he presumably is still. Uh, perceived as a terrorist yeah and see that and, and, and that maybe but dispatched this you know international missions and you know some type of black you know black ops mm-hmm. black site type stuff 
But that see that makes it if again if 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 um if I were involved in this project that would make it even more interesting to me because that opens up more storylines to me the fact that if you throw if you throw Sam in the deep end of this you know and it's like he's suddenly having to grapple with things that he may not have grappled with before you know he's mm-hmm. an ex soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. maybe he bought in, you know, he was all for the stars and stripes and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, but you can't represent them, you know, and then mm-hmm. that makes him that forces him to realize, oh, you know, what's really up and yeah. to come to, to come to terms with some things. Then his partner in this whole situation is this disaffected, brainwashed, you know, saying right. assassin that, that he yeah, that he helped Steve Rogers you know, find. Right. But this, this dude is not your average soldier. He's not, you know, he may be more in line to actually be objective and be like, you Mm -hmm. know what? I, you know, he, it it puts him in a position to stand by Sam in a way that Steve Rogers probably couldn't, you know what I'm saying? And it's like that, that makes it more interesting to me. Um, But again, I I, I I don't don't think, I don't think they're going to go down that path. Yeah. I I see it's, it's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's a it's a it's a buddy series. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you know, like Starsky and Hutch. So it, it or Chips, right? So at the end of the day, whose whose show is it? Like who's the star mm-hmm. in this? Is it Anthony Mackie, or is it? And forgive me, his name escapes me. But you know, it's a Winter Soldier. Bucky Barnes, <laughs> right? Uh, Bucky. Sebastian. Uh, is it Sam uh, Stan. or Bucky? Sebastian Stan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll um, see. I, I, are, interestingly I, I, enough, I'm not as excited about this as as WandaVision. If yeah. I'm watching WandaVision on January 15th, I, I'm going to check out Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know, March, you know, 30th. No, nah, fuck that. You you watching early because we got because we got to do this show. So you watching early, but <laughs> but I knew you know what though, I'm not surprised because you, you missed that before. But here's the other aspect that gets me excited about Falcon and Winter Soldier is when mm-hmm. this show was first announced. Kevin Feige, I think himself, maybe somebody else, but I believe it was Kevin Feige himself described it as a spy thriller. You know, mm-hmm. that's how they described it. You know, that's right in my wheelhouse. So true. That was more like, hold on, we're really because the Winter Soldier is arguably still in my 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 view is arguably the best, you know, MCU movie uh, of the, the that original 11 year run. Um, right. The Winter Soldiers, if not the best, is definitely top five, definitely maybe even top three. So and that yeah, movie was largely that because Bucky was brainwashed. He was brain, not brainwashed anymore. He was brainwashed, but it was largely to me because none of these movies are realistic, obviously. But it was the Winter Soldier was very grounded. It was much more grounded than a lot of the other films, mm-hmm. and it had a little bit of that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't. It, it was kind of a spy thriller, but not, you know, it was. It was an it was exaggerated. To me. It was it was an exaggerated spy thriller. It was a um, fantastical spy thriller. That's what I'll call it. It was a fantastical mm. spy thriller, and but that element of it was really attractive to me, and I, I think mm. that that's one of the reasons um, it's become almost like a cult favorite with a lot of people um, who don't. You know, it's like a lot of people will throw up Iron Man. They'll throw up the first Avengers. They'll throw up Infinity War, uh, Ragnarok, and say, "Excuse me, these are the best films," but. I think a lot of people who really are into these this series, you know, the cult favorite is the Winter Soldier, you know, the second mm-hmm. Captain America film. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to it more than I got to be. I, I'm, I guess I'm the opposite of you. I'm looking forward to it more than WandaVision. Um, but I'll be day one on both of the series. And I may do, mm-hmm. like you said, I may be up at five o'clock in the morning <laughs> watching them both if they drop them uh, mm-hmm. on Friday night or Thursday nights like they did with The Mandalorian. So, so OK. Yeah. What? 
so that you know those are just two of the major you know other projects that disney announced um or that i should say the marvel studios announced for um 2021 uh you know their slate of slate of films and tv series coming in 2021 and let's let's also you know let's not lose track or sight of the fact that you know prior to the pandemic they did have that big announcement um at uh uh the disney convention where they've announced, yeah, we're going to do all of these shows for Disney mm-hmm. Plus, and mm-hmm. it's not going to be like you know they are separate um, in the way that the Netflix Marvel shows were separate. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to be intertwined. All these storylines are going to depend upon each other. Blah 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 blah. So that's happening starting in a few weeks, you know. And it it seems a yeah. little muted now because of the pandemic. There's been this enormous pause, and so mm-hmm. it's like the momentum that we had building up to that is kind of gone. But I think we should at least, you know, take a second and realize, yeah, that's this. This is a major move for Marvel Studios and for cinematic, you know, unreal comic book storytelling that all these things are happening. And it's almost like it's almost like when you go to the comic book store and you have all these different um, titles intertwined and affecting each other. That's what's happening right now on the on the big screen Mm -hmm. and the small screen. So uh, just really quickly, I'm just going to list some of the, the other things coming out in 2021 from Marvel and then we can pick and choose if there's anything else we want to discuss. Um, so we already talked about WandaVision January 15th, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, March 19th, both on Disney plus in theaters, presumably, presumably, you know, we have no idea, but you know, presumably in theaters, black widow, May 7th, uh, Disney plus Loki coming in May, mm-hmm. presumably in theaters, um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the I think it's the Seven Rings or the Ten Rings um, July 9th uh, Disney Plus in, in mid 2021 Disney Plus the What If series um, the animated series Mar- the MCU's first animated series um, also on Disney Plus in late 2021 we're getting both uh, Miss Marvel series and Hawkeye mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. Um, in theaters presumably uh, on November 5th, we get the Eternals, which was supposed to be out in November of 2020. It was pushed to November of 2021. And also through not necessarily through Disney, but through Sony, um, the Marvel Studios partnership with Sony um, continues with Spider-Man, the third Spider-Man film. It'll be a sequel to Far From Home, and it is supposed to be in theaters on December 17th. Um, so is there anything in that list that you wanted to touch on? You have mad thoughts about any of those things? Um, yeah, I do. So I mentioned before, uh, Loki, that's a show that I'm really looking forward to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, I, I, I saw the trailer for it. Um, I do like that. The foundation of the series is, um, when in Endgame, um, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark, uh, and and Ant Man, you know, they go back in time. They're trying to collect all of the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. um, and uh, in the process of of trying to do that, Loki escapes. They they with they messed the te- up with the Tesseract. Yeah, they, they messed up. They messed up. Yeah. Um, and it looks like that Loki is going to be, you know, some sort of some sort of spy or secret government project you know agent that can time travel and there you just you know all you just, of that it just you, it got 
I, we didn't know what to expect. I know I didn't know what to expect from this mm. show, and I definitely didn't expect that. Um, but I like the interplay um, between mm. Loki and Owen Wilson's character, who seems to be the program ter- caretaker. Mm-hmm. You just you, know. you just nailed it though. When the last thing is time travel, there's there's yeah. an organization I can't remember. I should have wrote it down. It's not in front of me right now. But that organization that Owen Wilson's representing in the trailer is a um, bureau, bureaucratic kind of like agency that deals with um, violations of time. You know, when somebody mm-hmm. does something that messes up the timeline or the time stream or whatever, they investigate um, and uh, pursue the offenders. So. I, I agree with you. Loki is very interesting to me, but let me ask you this. Is this going to potentially, because this is what interests me about the Loki thing. Does it potentially open up the door for him to alter things that have happened with the MCU timeline? I.e. the death of Black Widow. I.e. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, you know, like we were talking about before, Vision or maybe even Thanos. Any, anything that's happened you know, within the MCU, does this, you know, open up the door for him to be the catalyst to like, you know, change things so that it gives them the the ability to either bring back characters or to introduce new characters or to um, just create new, new, new storylines. What do you think about that? Um, would it depend on the power of the space stone, which is at the center of the Tesseract that he either has in in his possession or has relinquished when he was i think it depends upon the power not necessarily the power i think it depends upon what happens with him and this whole whatever that organization is that Owen wilson is involved because that in the trailer there's this weird um shot where they're kind of in this elevator and you see it's almost like a portal is there and then you can kind of see them they come out on the other end of the portal to another place in time so I think that organization has the ability to, you know, to travel through the timeline um, if they mm-hmm. want to. So I think it really depends upon what is his because, you know, what's Loki. His, you yeah, know, it's Lo- like what's his motive? What's his motive? What's his motive? I mean, you know, Loki, his thing is, gonna be, OK, how can I use this to gain power? And I think there's a couple of clips in that trailer where it looks like he basically created Loki world. You know what I'm saying? Like where he's the yeah. he's 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 the the top cat. Um so yeah, I don't. I think to answer your question, I don't think it depends upon the the Infinity Stone because I, I mean, once he transports, maybe he loses that or something. I don't know, but I think it's really going to depend upon what is his going to relationship with this organization. Mm-hmm. Um, how is he going to use, misuse, abuse um, mm-hmm. the, the the that relationship and the power that it gives him? Because um, yeah. this is the thing. This is then. This is key. Loki, the Loki that um, died, and oh, by the way, spoiler alerts! <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> if you tune into our show to hear what's going to happen in twenty twenty one, we're going to assume that you know what happened in twenty 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 and previous to that year. Um, but anyway, the Loki that died in Infinity Game, Infinity War, that was a kind of a reformed Loki. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, Loki's always funny style with his relationship with Thor. Yeah, but his, it, so, I, I, I use some context. Over the uh, the holiday break, um, my son and I just watched a bunch of Marvel movies because we realized uh-huh. we hadn't seen a bunch of them in a long time. We just said, oh, let's mm-hmm. watch. I think we started with like Iron Man, the first Iron Man, thinking mm-hmm. we were only going to watch that. And then, you know, a couple of days later, we had burned through like, you know, 12 movies or something like that. Something mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. But what it did, though, it reminded me how 
evil, just how effed up Loki was, man. Loki was a straight up murderer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's like he just yeah, yeah, straight yeah. up just murdered people. And by the time we get to Infinity War, you almost forget some of that because he's kind of like like in Ragnarok, you know, he's kind of joking around with Thor. It's like, oh, you know, I like Loki. Loki's a cool guy. You forgot mm-hmm. that he like at one point he like ripped somebody's eye out in uh, mm-hmm. uh, the first Avengers movie. Um, so the Loki that that we we become accustomed to is a reformed Loki. The Loki that disappears, um, you know, and goes back in time or goes wherever um, when he, you know, in in Endgame, that's a that's an evil ass Loki. You know, right. so that's a that's so it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, is he going to reform himself again or what's what kind of Loki are we going to get and where are we going to be at the end of this series? Um, and how is that going to affect, you know, the entire MCU? Well, uh, we're just going to have to tune in. And that's that's May. And, you know, that's so that's the same month as the Black Widow film. Uh, I don't think they'll I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to have a bigger impact on the Black Widow film. I really believe that there's something in the Black Widow film that you need to have seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier first. Um, I think that's why mm-hmm. one of the reasons Black Widow was delayed till after um, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But Loki, I don't see it having, I don't see it interloping too much with, um, you know, Black Widow at all. But I think moving forward, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, what the implications will be on that. Um, Do you so, think that either Chris Helmsworth as Thor or Idris Elba as... Oh, that's a good question. Hemdall will, man, you know, manifest, make, make some cameos? Because I, I thought at the end of the Loki trailer, he referred to both of them. Because he's I th- here, I think I could, you know, in, in the... What is that beam? The, rain, the, uh, um, the, the Bifrost. The Bifrost yeah. snatches him out of the sky. Yeah. Now, that's not a... Spoiler, you all just can go see a trailer of yeah, what, was, what I'm talking about. And you actually should because it's 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 something to the describing it doesn't really do it justice. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think he yells out Heimdall's name at that point. Right. That's what um, I thought. Yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if we're going to get Thor. I think it would be great to see Chris Hemsworth show up, you know, maybe in the mm-hmm. in the final episode or whatever. Uh, or, if, you know, if, if Loki time travels somewhere and has a scene with, with him, I think that'd be great. And it all, it would also raise the stakes of these shows to, to make the point that, hey, this these series that we're putting on Disney Plus, there's no disconnect between them and the films. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. not going. So if they throw Kim, Chris Hemsworth in an episode that immediately lets you know, you know, we're 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 even kill. This is the same mm-hmm. level, you know, saying we're not, you know, we're looking at these things as the same level. So that's why this this storytelling on Disney Plus is so important. Um so I think it's it's there's a chance for Chris Hemsworth. I think it's, there's a stronger chance for him, Dale. I, I think Idris Elba mm-hmm. will probably mm-hmm. show up. I, I I do think that. Um right, well how about you? What do you what are you looking for? So on this, uh, out of this list, um, the remainder of these things, Loki, like I said, Loki, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned that one because that's definitely top um, one of the tops on my list of anticipation. The other one, um, I'm, I'm interested in Miss Marvel simply because oh, yeah. of, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. this is a, a, um, a young girl, um, Pakistani. Is, Islamic faith, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Pakistani uh, origin. So I'm interested in seeing how they, you know, what they do with that. Um, is it going to be as good as the comic? Um, so yeah, I'm interested in that one. Uh, and I'm going to save, okay. So my most anticipated though, on this, the rest of this list though, there's two other things I want to talk about, but my most anticipated is one you're not anticipating at all is what if, 
We've talked about this before. I'm mm-hmm. really into the What If series, mm-hmm. um, not just because it's the first animated uh, MCU thing. Um, all that, that that is a factor, um, yeah. and not just because Jeffrey, my man Jeffrey Wright, is you know voicing the Watcher. That is mm-hmm. a factor. I'm really interested in seeing because I was a huge fan of these comics when they, in the mm-hmm. '80s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the the alternate possibilities and just probabilities that they explored and how those had ripple effects, you know, across the entire MCU. It wasn't just what if, you know, Mary Jane got bitten by the spider instead of spider instead of Peter Parker, there was ripple effects of that. You know, it was like, okay, how would that change all these other things that we know take took place? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very, very interested in that. Um, and I'm also, I'm, I'm also just to kind of like bring to the point that I just made before about making sure these things are kind of like level with the films. I'm interested in the fact that the actual actors who are in the films are going to be voicing these characters. So Dr. Okay. Strange shows up, okay. that's Benedict Cumberbatch voicing him, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. they're maintaining mm-hmm. those, um, that connection. So I think that's interesting. Um, so that's my most anticipated, but also we need to touch on for just a quick second. We got to touch on the Spider-Man, the third Spider-Man film. I was going to do a special um, mention on that, but yeah. Because I know you're concerned about this. So what is your concern concerned. about this film? What's, what's your concern? My, my concern is also my great joy that there's a rumor that Alfred Molina will return as Dr. Octopus. Mm-hmm. And I think that Spider-Man 2, in the Tobey Maguire uh, trio of films, Spider-Man 2 was was the highlight. And in, in a lot of it uh, had to do with... Uh, Alfred Molina's portrayal of uh, Dr. Octopus. Mm-hmm. Problem is, though, he died at the end of that film. Mm-hmm. And I worry about if that rumor is true, that despite how happy I would be to see his return, it makes me really scratch my head and how they're going to pull that off without, oh, God, a multiverse. The multiverse. Somebody's is, traveling through time, bro. The multiverse is coming. The multiverse. Uh, and let's 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 that... be clear without without giving quantum physics lessons. Let's be clear that the multiverse is different than time travel. So I understand if you have an aversion towards time travel, um, the multiverse is different. I for one love a good multiverse. Love it. Um, but it can be done wrong. It can be done poorly. But if done right. I, for one, love a good multiverse. So if your boy shows up in this film, because let's, okay, let's put it on the table. Everybody's been rumored to be in this movie, right? All these different Spider-Men from Tobey Maguire to Andrew Garfield. Um, yeah, like it's, you, it's like they're doing a live action Miles Morales film. Right, right. And that, and seeing that was a multiverse done properly. That worked. That, that but, worked. Uh, but, but. Because it was animation, I felt that it worked. <laughs> so you you saying you can't do a multiverse in live action? Is that that's is that your fear? That's not that's not gonna work because now you got old ass you know characters that just don't yeah, look like they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And, and okay. let me just let me let me be above board here. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. my bias against multiverses and multiple Earths is informed by uh, the the WB's Flash series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, full disclosure, when I was, you know, a kid and like really, really like collecting comics, the multiple Earths thing, Mm -hmm. especially the DC side of that um, was kind of a turnoff because I did feel that a multiverse, you know, moment like where it's like like a character just discovers that there's Mm -hmm. all these all there's all this these different, you know, threads of uh, reality. That's interesting to me. 
But then when it becomes like a continuous, like many earths, and then it's like, you got, you know, the same character living on different earths. And it's like, it kind of lessens the consequences. Cause it's like, yeah, some happened on this earth, you know, this character died here, but then they're alive on this other earth. So it's like, what difference does it make? You know? Right. Um, I just feel that it can be used so easily as a crutch. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, well, this happened. That's well, not, well, you yeah. know, he's on earth. It, he's on earth 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's cool. Exactly. And then, yeah. That's, and that's when it's not good as a crutch. You nailed it. Um, but my, my love for the multiverse goes all the way back to um, uh, when I was a kid reading the Michael Moorcock, Moor, excuse me, the Michael Moorcock books, um, mm-hmm. which was the Elric, the Elric series and all these other fantasy novels um, that existed within a multiverse. And it was done. I mean, it was it was I don't it, I'm not versed well enough to say it was at the first multiverse, you know, in mm-hmm. fiction. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was, but mm-hmm. It was the first one I encountered and it was perfect. It was done. It was, it was genius. Um, so that my, I trace my love for the multiverse back to that. But to your point, I a thousand percent agree with you that if it is done improperly, it becomes a crutch. Mm-hmm. It becomes a crutch. It becomes an out, you know, an out. Um, so, okay. So you're, you're excited about Dr. Octopus coming back, but you have a lot of trepidation about this film. I do. Mm-hmm. What, um, but okay, so the other characters, because we got the other Spider Man coming back, we got some of the villains coming back. Um, I don't think I've heard any rumors about uh, an actual Miles Morales appearance, you know, mm-hmm. um, live action Miles Morales appearance. But do you feel like there is a chance, though, that with their track record, we can put a little trust in the MCU and say there's a chance that they're going to handle this as well as, you know, Spider Verse handled it? Um, yeah, there is a chance because I think that uh, Feige is a con- is a considerate caretaker of mm-hmm. these of these properties. Um, now, given without any knowledge of the real relationship between Sony and Marvel Studios, given that Spider Man is still uh, a Sony property. Um, there could be some, you know, some could have, it could, what could go wrong? <laughs> there could be a, a what could mm-hmm. go wrong element to this, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause I just think that, I just think that multiverses can get messy really quick. They're risky. Right. They're risky. Yeah. They're risky. And especially and at I a think, time when, like I said, they're actually taking the television, the Disney plus stuff and then the films and the cinema stuff and actually keeping it and right. making sure, listen, all this is taking place in the same world. It yeah. is risky to suddenly throw a multiverse into the equation yeah. um, and things could get messy. And, 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 and just to close this out, you know, the, 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 my feeling about the animation saying that, Hey, the Miles Morales multiverse, you know, worked because it was an animated film has has a lot to do with the fact that it's it's easier and I'll put easier in quotes it's easier to rework the story mm-hmm. if it turns out you know what this isn't really this isn't really it what if we do it this way it's mm-hmm. easier to pivot when you're dealing with illustrators and animators than it is when you're dealing with human beings and environments mm-hmm. before you even put a pandemic in the mix mm-hmm. You know, to be able to bring people back, recreate these worlds, just whatever, whatever. It's a lot easier to be able to do it 
with pen to paper and computer screens. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we'll find out on December 17th, fingers crossed that, you know, again, all these theatrical releases have a huge asterisk next to them anyway. Right. Um, right. But hopefully on December 17th, 2021, uh, we'll have the answer. Yep. Uh, okay. So moving on. Speaking of the multiverse. Oh, God. And what yeah. could go wrong? Let's move to Warner Brothers and DC Comics and look at their strategy for the coming year. Um, uh, but to kind of start it off in the present, Wonder Woman 84 debuted uh, a week ago at the time of the release of this podcast on December 25th. And it released in theaters. And uh, it also released uh, uh, on HBO Max the premium streaming service uh, from HBO owned by Warner Brothers. Huh. So. And, and, you know, full disclosure again, neither of us have seen this film yet. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen Wonder Woman 84 yet. Mm-hmm. I actually, actually, we watched, um, we watched uh, the original Wonder Woman last week mm-hmm. um, because not everybody had seen it. And we were we were planning to do uh, Wonder Woman eighty four, and then you know things just kind of went left. But but um, I'm I'm I don't think I'm I honestly don't think I'm going to enjoy Wonder Woman eighty four. Um, <laughs> Why? Because for what it was, I mean the Patty Jenkins original set like a really high bar for DC Universe mm. films. Mm-hmm. And I think that the 84 moniker uh, puts a little too much trope into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got um, we got my man coming back. Uh, Chris Pine. Chris, yeah, Chris Pine's character comes back who presumably died in, in the Wonder Woman film. Right. Um, in an ex- by a, a suicide mission to, you know, save Western Europe by flying a plane full of, um, you know, deadly and highly combustible chemicals, mm. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just, you know, if, the, just, if at this ah. point, Arthur, the emperor can come back, anybody can come back. Um, reviews on this movie though, have been mixed. Um, and again, we haven't seen it, so I'm not going to pass judgment on it. I know that, reviews have been like uh you know i mean i think the the baseline reviews have been so far it's good but not as good as the first you know mm-hmm. it's it's okay it's cool and then there's also been some pushback from um folks on twitter that it presents a very uh derogatory view of uh middle eastern men specifically yeah um yeah. and that it, it takes a white feminist stand that um you know championing this you know uh, a certain white man while degrading other um, black and brown men so those are accusations that I think we can't speak on at the point I mean at this point because we haven't seen the film correct um, but those are things I think that we'll get into on a future episode of Mad and Real but I, I you know the the thing for me right now though with this film and this is what I want to ask you is the release strategy okay so mm-hmm. they, they mm-hmm. dropped this mm-hmm. film in theaters where theaters are open, I think only 36% of American theaters are open at this North American theaters are open at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, in, in other territories in uh, the far East um, where more theaters are open in HBO max doesn't exist there. People got the opportunity to see the film. So in the, in the States, so they dropped it 
at the theater and they dropped it on HBO Max simultaneously. I believe it's available on HBO Max for 30 days. Um, this is a litmus test, you know, because their Warner Brothers has multiple movies in 2021 coming out in theaters and coming out on HBO Max at the same time. Do we think this worked? You know, I know that they're shady with the numbers. HBO Max is not really, they've only said millions. They've said, yeah, millions of people watched it, but I don't think there's been any official release with numbers. Um, but would you agree though, that this is kind of a litmus test for them to see if something like this is viable um, during the pandemic and perhaps post pandemic? Yeah, I think so. And I think that, I think that it was uh Disney to start that off with the release of Mulan. Um, I also think that, and I don't care what you say. I think that Black Widow is still on the table for going mm. to Disney Plus. Mm. Mm. You know, commitment to theaters or no commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that doing Wonder Woman, doing a release of Wonder Woman this way was. Um, it, uh, I mean, yeah, I already said that it was a litmus test, but I I think that it was um, a way to dip their toe in the water on a film property that were it not for Robert Pattinson's The Batman coming in 2022, Mm. where presumably you could say, Yes, there's a there's a very strong chance that that release would be in theaters in the sort of quote unquote normal way Mm. and that the public confidence would be at a level where it would be a viable release strategy. So I'm saying that let's let's dangle Wonder Woman now when we know that we've got the Batman, which is going to be a much more popular property than Wonder Woman will. Mm -hmm. And we, we need to do this before Marvel puts out black widow, Mm -hmm. because I think they think that black widow is still on the table for Disney plus release. And if you remember, we did a show months ago about, Black Widow and Wonder Woman, who was, they were supposed to be released around the same time originally. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I said that both films were going to be in trouble because I don't believe that the public is going to clamor to see two female superhero films at the same time. Like somebody's going to suffer. And I think Wonder Woman would be would be the one that suffers. It's, you know, and I think that and I think when we originally had that conversation about that, I, I disagree with you a little bit on that. And I still think. I feel what you're saying. It's still a huge risk for them, though, because Wonder Woman, you remember the first Wonder Woman came out. That was like the the jewel. That was the jewel in, yeah. the, in the crown because all these yeah. other movies was like, you know, all the yeah. other DC films were yeah. like, like these aren't, you know, you had Justice League, Batman v Superman, Man of Steel. And mm-hmm. it was like, wow, these this really isn't shaping up to be what we want it to be. Um, and Wonder and then, Woman was a surprise highlight at the end of Black, Batman versus Superman. Right. She did. She that was, was her the, first she appearance. Was, she was the one highlight in that movie <laughs> for a lot of people. She was it, you know, and that. So it's still a risk, I think, to take your um, your crown jewel and to run this you know, experiment with you know, with her. On. I really think it comes down to this, man, is that one Wonder Woman had been held up for a long time. You know, I think this mm-hmm. movie was finished, I think, in 2018. I think it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, wrapped mm-hmm. like ready to go in theaters mm-hmm. so it's been sitting on the shelf for a while 
And but I think more to the point, and this is what's going on in, in Hollywood right now. People are really upset. Um, or I should say, you know, in people, you know, actors and agents and people are just upset right now with Warner Brothers because mm-hmm. it feels like they are ready to sacrifice whatever is necessary to sacrifice in order to bolster HBO Max because they are betting everything on this. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, this is from an article, I think, uh, that came out last week. The numbers right now, Netflix has 195 million <clears throat> subscribers, right? Mm-hmm. Netflix mm-hmm. is, you know, Netflix has been around for a while. Of course, um, it's no surprise that they're they're doing their numbers are up like that. Disney Plus has eighty seven million, which far mm-hmm. exceeds, I think, what where they thought they would be right now. Mm-hmm. HBO Max has twelve million subscribers. Twelve million mm-hmm. to Disney Plus is eighty seven million. They are mm-hmm. they are running way behind where they want to be right now. And yeah. so I think that they are trying to bet the farm right now on getting subscribers to HBO Max. To that point, you sent me an article a few days ago, Walter Hamada, DC's yep. um, Warner Brothers, um, Top Cat, DC's Top Cat. Um, he's told the New York Times, he, he revealed their strategy, basically. And there's, you know, he got into all the release dates and, you know, we're doing this and we're going to bolster this, blah, blah, blah. The main point, the the point that caused everybody to be like, oh, shit, this is crazy, was his reveal that, listen, we are going to explore the multiverse. That's part of our strategy. Um, A multiverse, meaning that you will have different Batmans, two different Batmans, you know, and Mm -hmm. and, in theatrical releases at the same time. So you have Robert Pattinson doing his trilogy. Then you yep. might have over here Ben Affleck in this movie with Michael Keaton and maybe some new Batman that we're mm-hmm. going to find. And put. All these things are happening. And yeah, we're going to be releasing, you know, um, certain films on HBO Max. Other films are going to get theatrical release in 2022 or 2023. And blah. they're doing all these things. And it's like, wow, man, they're really trying to. And oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me back up a minute ago or a minute. They also are doing the. Um, uh, spinoff TV series, you know, the new Gotham television show is coming to HBO Max. Um, I think there's another Flash show. I think they're doing all these things, and you got all the CW and all these other things too. And they are really trying to flood the market, basically. And that is fascinating to me because it is a very different. It's a much different approach than what Marvel is doing, obviously. Um, and I think that Warner Brothers DC tried to mimic Marvel in the beginning, and it didn't work for them because they tried to play, you know. Um, catch up and they rushed things and it didn't work. Now they're kind of like, F it. Let's go in a completely different direction than what Marvel is mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Let's throw everything, you know, at the wall and see what sticks. And I don't, I mean, this, this is a very risky strategy, man. And I think we're just seeing the beginning of it with Wonder Woman 84. This is just the beginning. Um, Isaac, I, I, what could go wrong? Yeah. What could go what wrong? Could go but wrong, everything. Isaac? Yeah. What could go wrong? But everything. Um, so yeah, now, I, one thing I, I will say, I'm sorry, hold your thought. But one thing I will say is that they still have the Black Adam project starring uh, starring The Rock, starring right, Dwayne Johnson. Right, that's and definitely gonna happen. That's enough. That's a lot of star firepower. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that would generate a lot of you know a lot of not just buzz, but if presuming it's a good movie, as good as Shazam was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I think that's going to that, be a good property for them. And that's that's definitely going to happen. But my question to you is that. It's more enticing, like when when a rock when a when a person like okay a, a, a movie star like The Rock enters a franchise. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you're thinking about is okay, 
the impact of his film, how is it going to impact these other films? You know, this other storyline that's happening. When you have a multiverse, it kind of yeah. lessens that a little bit because it's like, yeah, it may impact this, but it's not going to impact Robert Pattinson. You know, and There's it's not going to impact it. Right. And again, it's like, it's a crush, but it's also from a, from a viewer standpoint, it, for me at least, it kind of lessens my interest because now I'm not, I have no idea if the Rocks film is going to have any impact on this other film I loved. Are they even in the same universe? If they're not, then mm, there goes that possibility, you know? So I think that when you hear for Marvel, when you hear that, um, you know, or you watch Ragnarok and you see the events of Ragnarok and you see, you know, mm-hmm. what Thor goes through, you're in your mind, you're thinking, oh, you know, Infinity War is coming up or this movie is coming up or that movie. And it's like, it's going to impact, you know, the ripple is going to impact these other characters. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch, you know, what she's going to go through on her series how is that going to play out in the next Doctor Strange movie? You know, how is that? You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It is, it is crush. It's a risk. And I think, I think that Warner Brothers is at a point now they're like, what do we got to lose? You know, but billions of dollars. But um, anyway, moving on. What's uh, what's the next, the next Warner Brothers DC? Um, that would be Batwoman. Um, still a CW series, right? comes out january 17th uh we have a new black well we have a new black woman we have a new bat woman who's that's what i was about to ask you arthur (laughs) what if what if (laughs) bat woman was a black woman we just listen we just finished we just wrapped this up like what a month ago we wrapped up a month or so ago we wrapped up our um special series if you guys Mm -hmm. haven't checked it out go go check it out we did a special series titled what if batman was a black man um and now now little did we know because isn't it isn't always the way though the sisters is always leading the charge though right they always the first we always talk about oh, the, yeah. the, the brothers but it's always black women who are kicking down doors so here we have i think i'm guessing this has to be the first time um a person of african african descent is putting on the cow right in yes. live action in live, a- in live yes. action um yes. so we're going to get this question answered we're getting our question answered in a different way um, and i hope i'm pronouncing her name correctly uh javisa leslie um is in the starring role um mm-hmm. she is also the first uh bisexual comic book character to mm-hmm. grace the screen um that that I, it just that just has a kind of a feeling of two birds with one stone context well, to it right um, well you see what you see what happened was what's um ruby rose who played the character um kate kane in the first season i saw maybe three episodes of the first season mm-hmm. um a lot of these cw shows i think that and we talked about this before i think that they're well done i think they're aimed at a very specific target audience yeah. um which i don't think i'm necessarily a part of so i feel that even though I can appreciate some of it, it's like my interest in them, like I'm watching them, but I'm not really watching them. Right. Um, and actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause I, I actually misspoke. She's not the first, um, the first. Well, bisexual. Ruby Rose is LG LGBTQ, I think, but I don't know. Um, and when you said bisexual, that's, I was like, okay, well maybe she's the first bisexual, oh, you know, blatant, yeah. like bisexual character. Um, but there's been others, you know, there's been other LGBTQ. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Nafisa there. Williams um, um, played the daughter. Uh, well, it, the show Black Lightning. Right. Nafisa mm-hmm. Williams, um, her character uh, um, is lesbian. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, but with Ruby Rose in the in the the role of Kate Kane in the first season of Black of a Black Woman, a Batwoman, um, she left the series after that 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 series that that season wrapped. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there was, I mean, there was some pushback. I think because the character was supposed to be Jewish, she wasn't Jewish, or there was some. I don't know. There's some other controversy. And she, mm-hmm. I, I think my read on it was that I think she, the, the, I think the actress, um, Ruby Rose, she got tired of dealing with the controversy. Um, and then also I think she had an injury. Um, she had a back injury, had to go, had undergo surgery. Um, I think that played a role in it. So anyway, shortly after the first season wrapped, they announced that she's leaving the series. And then I think a few months, a few months later, they announced the sister was taking over the role. She's not going to be playing, uh, Kate Kane, she's going to be a new character um, who takes over the Batwoman mm-hmm. persona. Um, so my question to you, though, Arthur, is this enough to make you watch this show? Or is your curiosity pecued? If I'm um, saying that word correctly. Yeah, it it is. I've just never historically been a fan of Batwoman, formerly Batgirl. Who, even from the comic book, I mean, from the cartoon series where, you know, she was Barbara Gordon, Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Mm-hmm. And and you know, this just sort of stems from where it, the kind of the, you know, the, the Spider Woman character or the Spider Girl character, whatever it was named, you know, homegirl, she was in like this red suit with like, you know, yellow accents on it. I just felt that it was kind of, it, it just it was um it was just a lazy thing to just sort of well let's have you know let's have a let's have a girl version of the superhero let's have mm-hmm. a supergirl let's have a thing as as opposed to creating a new character right. um right and i just I, that that's always just kind of left a distaste in my mouth even when i was you know younger yeah and that harkens back to the conversations we've had about um creating new black characters instead of just you know casting a black actor in a traditionally white role, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that kind of dovetails with that. So I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Um, so are you, are you going to watch or are you not going to watch? Or at least are you, uh, are you, are I, you No, You know what in... though? Honestly, I, I, I would watch the show to see, mm-hmm. to see, just, just to see how it goes. I mean, in what, the same manner that I watched uh, some episodes of Gotham. Mm-hmm. What do you think the odds are that they're even going to dip their toe into what we got into on the what if Batman was a black man series, the mad and real series. Do you think that there's any chance that they're going to dive into even what we talked about earlier in this episode with, uh, with, uh, Sam, the, the Falcon, uh, yeah. do you think there's any chance they're going to dive into, Hmm, you can see half her face. You can tell she's black. Is she yeah. going to have issues with the police or with the media that, um, Kate Kane, Ruby Rose didn't have? you know, or that Bruce Wayne didn't have. Um, do you think there's any chance no. they're going to dive into that on, on the CW? No, I don't, I don't think so. I, is I the think CW a, like CBS, man? Is it like everything? Is every, yeah, everything, everything works out. Everything definitely <laughs> works out. out. Everything definitely works out. <laughs> I think there's out. a stronger, I think there's a much stronger chance um, dealing with issues of gender discrimination, mm. you know, mm-hmm. or even, even um, LGBTQ discrimination mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm before the racial element comes into it. I, I think I will watch, I'll probably watch the first couple episodes and may, who knows, maybe I'll be like, man, this is great. I'm gonna watch everything. I'm gonna watch all of it. I don't know. 
Um, but I, you know, again, I've the Arrowverse that exists on CW, I've I've only dabbled in. It's like I, it just still never just like grabbed me and made me want to watch everything. But that could happen, or maybe I'll just watch a little bit of it and kind of keep a an eye on it to see if they you know start to dive into some of that territory because that would that would be fascinating. Um, okay, so a couple other things coming out from Warner Brothers DC in 2021. The Snyder Cut, um, mm. Justice League, the infamous Snyder Cut of the Justice League, um, is supposed to drop, and I guess it's. I think it's going to be uh, cut up into. You know, I don't think it's going to be. I, I think the Snyder Cut is four hours long, <laughs> and I don't think they're dropping all of that at one time on HBO Max. I think they're going to divide it into, and you know, make it a limited series or something like that available on HBO Max. Um, that's supposed to come out in March. Godzilla versus King Kong supposed to come out on HBO Max, I believe, May 21st and in theaters um, simultaneously. Suicide Squad simultaneously HBO Max and theaters on August 6th. That's directed by James Gunn. Um, The Matrix 4, the fourth Matrix film, bringing back Keanu Reeves. um, And I believe I believe the whole cast, I think, from the original Matrix uh, supposed to be in theaters and on HBO Max December 22nd of 2021. Mm -hmm. Is there anything there that's that's you know got you um, intrigued or anything? You have mad thoughts on any of those? I think I don't care about none of this roster. To be honest with you, none of um, it. No, I just not. Not even Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> I not even Godzilla versus Kong. You know, did you you saw you saw the last? Um, I didn't the, see King of the Monsters. You didn't see it. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. All right. You need to watch it. All right. I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm not even, I'm not, I'm, I will tell you, it's not great. It's not like, you know, you know, I would have told you already if it was like, you know, a great film. Yeah. Um, but I do think that if you see it, it will intrigue you a little bit more about God. I just think that, you know, there was a play um, years ago called Your Arms Are Too Short to Box with God. Mm-hmm. And God in this example is the MCU. Hmm. And DC don't have it, man. They don't. They don't. They don't have it to take on an MCU strategy or to outdo the MCU strategy. I mean, you said it months ago. It might have even been on our Snobs on Film show when we were talking about uh, the Netflix um, shows mm-hmm. about how universe building. It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's time consuming. You know, you and and Marvel had already had a roadmap with the comic books that made it easier to follow, but you still had to tread carefully and think things through. And even, you know, they had issues along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at you, Iron Fist, um, <laughs> right? Le- right. You know, legitimate issues. And and I just think that DC, it's it's, I won't say it's too little because they got a lot of stuff. That they're putting together, um, but it's definitely too late. And mm-hmm. I think that they that they need to stay in a much more scope lane, um, and look at the successes that they have had, specifically with the Joker, specifically with Shazam, um, possibly with Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they did well with Aquaman, mm-hmm. um, very well. But they didn't do well with 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 the original Justice League, and I don't think the Snyder Cut is going to help that any. Um, 
chiefly because it's it's not called you know justice league special edition or expanded edition you know it's called the snyder cut to make it you know on your face that or on its face that this is the director's true vision and and i mean uh, yes there 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 was tragedy involved in why Zack snyder did not complete the original justice league film mm-hmm. um but putting that aside for a moment it's uh, i don't want to see four hours of ben affleck as batman <laughs> i you know my take on this is i think that in particular with the, the snyder cut i think that they're going to get hbo max will experience a surge of subscribers from people who um specifically from people of the culture you know of the unreal superhero genre you know into that type of shit the nerd as they say the nerd culture mm-hmm. i think that because they're you know the, the quote-unquote snyder cut is you know at this point is infamous it's iconic you know on on, on twitter especially yeah. people have been calling for this movie for years or calling for this cut of the film for years but regular um, people are people like us that's, you know what that's, what, that's what i'm saying people there's going to be a surge from the unreal crowd who aren't yeah. are, who are not already hbo max subscribers they're yeah. going to sign up to see this film okay whether That's they fair. stay subscribers yeah. Yeah. after yeah. that is a whole nother story yeah. you know the drop off you know could be significant after that i don't know if you know like you just said regular people as or as or regs as my as my boys in the bad batch would call them i don't know if regular people are going to sign up to hbo max to see a four-hour version of a film that they probably never saw anyway you know the justice league right um or if they saw they probably hated it so i or i shouldn't say that that's too strong a lot of people may have not you know been into the may not have appreciated the justice league or just you know Mm -hmm. it was was okay you know and it's Mm -hmm. like they are they going to watch a four-hour version of that i don't think so so i it's again they they gave they gave uh, Zack Snyder reportedly Warner Brothers gave him seventy million to finish this this Snyder cut, you mm-hmm. know. So they invested mm-hmm. another seventy million on top of the hundreds of millions that they already put into the original film. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, betting everything just to get subscribers for HBO Max. I just now, think chasing MCU is wrong. Well, a- I mean, you know, their strategy now is like, I mean, they're always going to be chasing them from a. Um, business standpoint because they want mm-hmm. that's their direct competitor so they want to you know dc film they want to overcome they want to do better than what what the mcu is doing yeah. but i think that their strategy their business strategy is very different now than what mm-hmm. marvel studios is doing again with mm-hmm. the whole multiverse thing um but of this list man i gotta say um suicide squad is slightly interesting to me because it's james gunn you know, mm-hmm. and he's he got this project when he had gotten fired from uh, Marvel because of those tweets. Uh, you know, the, his his old tweets resurfaced. He got fired off of uh, Guardians. the next Guardians film, and uh-huh. then you know he got this job with Suicide Squad, and then Marvel rehired him for for Guardians. So, mm. um, proving once again that you know being white in Hollywood is 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 always a, is is it's hard to argue that there's not an advantage there because I can't imagine too many. Um, directors of color getting that many shots, you know, um, mm-hmm. to uh, within that short amount of time frame um, to get a second chance. But anyway, I'm slightly interested in that. I was a fan of that. I was a huge fan of the first Guardians film. I thought the second one was not as good as the first, but was still good. Mm-hmm. Um, and James Gunn with the Suicide Squad, um, I think that's that's just an interesting, you know, that's a, that's just a really good match to me. So I'm interested in that. 
but isn't this okay? And I know we got to move on, but I mean, is this a remake? Didn't we just do? Didn't we just have Suicide Squad? That is a good that? question because that's a good question because I've heard at some points I've heard it's a continuation of the first movie, and then at other points I've heard it's a reboot. Um, right. Hopefully, it is a reboot. I would vote for a reboot. I think that's the best way to move forward. So we'll see. August sixth, supposedly in theaters. Yeah. And yeah. on HBO Max. Yeah. Also, before we move on, The Matrix Four. You got to at least be interested in this, Arthur. I mean, I, we don't. We don't want it. We don't need well, it. Well, you know. I, listen, I outside of the first Matrix, I didn't need the next two. Yeah, you know yeah. Saying? That's it's what like I'm I was, saying. Right. I didn't need. I feel right. like the Wachowski. That could brothers, have been a one and done. And yeah, I feel fine. like they made huge mistakes with those next two. So I didn't need them, but is still a this this is an iconic franchise you know yes. this this the first matrix movie changed everything you know it yes. changed i mean it just it, it was a really you know watershed moment for for unreal storytelling or the genre storytelling yeah um and filmmaking so i'm i'm at least interested I, i'll tell you what let's leave it at this i'm really really interested in the first trailer I really want to see what what is this going to look like? What's the storyline? What mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. What is why was why was there a need other than obviously the financial part of it? Why was there a need to even bring this back? So I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. That's what I'm interested in. First trailer for the Matrix. Cool. I'm yeah, man. I'm yeah. I I, I do see the Matrix. Like if, if there were the original Matrix was kind of like the original Blade Runner, um, and when the sequel to Blade Runner, you know, was, was released, um, that I was like really interested in seeing that Mm -hmm. if there was not the second and third matrix films and this matrix film was like the sequel, Mm -hmm. I'd be as interested in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah, absolutely. Same. Um, yeah, the, I mean those those second the, the 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 second and third film definitely took a lot of the. I mean, it just robbed it I of wonder, a lot of the magic, you know. Um, yeah, I so, wonder yeah. if if Keanu's portrayal of Neo after having done three John Wick films, mm. if he's able to separate the nuances between the two characters. Ooh, that's ah man, that's a really good point. That is a really good point. Um, I mean, because I like Keanu. He's no, it's not like he's, you know, he's not the greatest thespian. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. that is a really good point. Um, yeah. If we go see Matrix 4 and John Wick shows up, that's not right. going to be a good look. Right. That's not going to be a, that's not going to be a good look at all. So right. that'll be interesting if he can bring back Neo. All right. Listen, this next one is quick. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, Arthur. <laughs> I'm ready. We, we've done Marvel. We've done DC. Now we're jumping. We're jumping into the, the 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 realm of 007 to the Bond franchise. In 2021, I'm ask you a couple of questions and just answer yes or no, and then we get into it. But in in 2021, yes or no, are we going to see No Time to Die? No. Oh, in theaters I, or no, 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 on no. HBO I just Max? C period. I just said C period. Are we going yes. to see No yes. Time to Die? Okay. Yes. Are we going to see No Time to Die in theaters? No. Are we going to see No Time to Die on Netflix? I actually don't think so. 
Are we going to see No Time to Die in a stream on a streaming service? Yeah, I the think it's going to either be yes. HBO Max or Peacock. Oh God, you just hurt my heart a little bit right there when you said Peacock. Oh man, you talk about no prestige at all for my for my for this beloved franchise. But I mean, um, yeah. So okay, so you feel like there's okay. So right now, and again, we can make this one quick. But right now, Bond uh, No Time to Die is scheduled to be in theaters in April in the states and, and in the UK, I believe. Um, in April, that's that's their new release window um, that they announced this last fall. Um, I think pretty much everybody has kind of got it in their minds like mm, that's not going to happen. I think most people though feel like November is a realistic timeline for mm-hmm. theater theatrical release. Mm-hmm. But Arthur Turnbull, you feel like November is not even going to happen for this film. I don't. Do you, is that is that because you feel like, and we don't need to get into the because uh, neither one of us are, are medical professionals, so we don't want to get into the um, specific of the virus. But do you, is that because you feel like it won't be safe to go to theaters in November, or do you feel like there's going to be a lucrative offer on the table yeah. for Eon prior I think to that that's going to make yeah. them go to streaming? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even rule out Apple TV. And I know that that was a rumor and supposedly it it, it was being talked about, but it died. But I wouldn't be surprised if it got rekindled for right, Apple well, TV because there's your prestige, your your real prestige in terms of service. Because Disney's definitely not going to do that. Would be Apple TV, then HBO Max. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I, everybody else. And I, again, I don't think I don't think Netflix is going to. Because they don't need mm-hmm. to, right? Mm-hmm. It's like who? Because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a need thing at this point. It's like from from uh, um, from Eon. Is it Eon Productions or Eon Studios? Uh, I believe it was Productions. Yeah, I thought so. so mm-hmm. From Eon Productions standpoint, and you raised this, you that hey, I think they are actually. I think this movie is actually paid for. Yeah, there's there's a rumor right. that, that uh, yeah, there's a rumor that Eon has already paid off all the loans associated with this film. So they so own then, this film. So then, you know, with without being a uh, you know, a, a a savant over Hollywood deals and how this works. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, how at what point can at what point do we really start to lose value, like interest value mm-hmm. in this finished property? And then on the other side of that, from the streaming side of it, okay, what can we do to really boost our subscribers? Mm -hmm. What could we throw money at? Mm -hmm. And okay, so here's the thing, though. You alluded, you you mentioned the, you know, there was a previous kind of like flirtation, you know what I'm saying, from Apple TV. And I think it was, uh, was it Warner Brothers? It may have been somebody else. But anyway. There's a flirtation to say, you know, we want this, you know, they, you know, right. talking to Eon, we want this movie. Right. If rumor is to believed or unsubstantiated um, uh, uh, dealings are to believe to be believed, the minimum amount that Eon was willing to accept was 800 mil. Like you got to mm-hmm. put 800 mil on the table before we have a conversation. Right. Because looking at the box office, the potential box office receipts for a film like this. That is, you know, that's that's the minimum that we would need back to consider, you know, putting this up on a streaming service. And of course, Warner Brothers, that's almost a billion dollars. You know, Warner Brothers, Apple wasn't like we're going to put that on one film. And right. On, because and they're looking at what it, the potential return is going to be. Right. And maybe only have it for, you know, a, a limited amount of time. It's not like we own the film. We're only going to be able to have it for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't see that happening. Here's my prediction, Arthur. Here's my prediction. 
I I'm I'm, I'm going to make a multi my multifaceted prediction because one of these things may come true. I think definitely the release date is going to be pushed to November. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't see this going on streaming. I don't see this because I don't see any of these streaming services putting up nearly a billion dollars right now for a film, for one film. I just don't see mm-hmm. it happening. What I think is going to happen though. And I, I'm kind of, the more I think about this, like I, I, November was like my first, like number one, like that's definitely going to happen. The yeah. more I think about this, I honestly think this movie may get pushed to 2022 because mm-hmm. 2022 is the 60 year anniversary of the James Bond franchise. Dr. No dropped in 1962. I think it may be beneficial almost to, for Eon to say, you know what? We hate to keep doing this to you guys. You know, we know our fans are loyal, blah, blah, but we want everybody to be safe. We're definitely going to do April, you know, 2022, because that is the 60 year anniversary of buying. And we're also going to do, and then they announced a bunch of other things they're going to do as well. You know, a bunch of other events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Make it just this huge thing. If I was Eon, what I would have done um, with it, it's maybe too late for them to do this now. Well, it's not too late. They could still do it. Guardians of the Galaxy is doing a, um, we didn't talk about this, but they're doing a um, holiday special. I believe it's supposed to come out in 2021 or 2022. I think it's, it's 2022 mm-hmm. or else it would have been on our list. Uh-huh. So they're doing a holiday special that's going to be on Disney Plus. And what it's meant to do is be a bridge between since, you know, the last Guardians movie came out in 2017. The yes. next one's not supposed to come out until 2023. So it's like, they need a bridge, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's do something mm-hmm. to keep these characters mm-hmm. in the public consciousness, even though they'll probably show up in other MCU films, let's do something guardians related. So James Gunn is doing a holiday special that'll be released on Disney plus being yeah. shot at the same time that they're shooting the next guardians film. Mm-hmm. How dope would it be for Eon to be like, you know what? We've delayed this film. You know, it's been, you know, forever since Spectre, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If we're not going to put, no time to die in the theaters until 2022. Let's shoot an hour long bond special and drop mm-hmm. it on whatever streaming service we can, you know, make a deal with in the winter of 2021 or fall of 2021 to bridge that gap. You know, let's get Daniel Craig. Let's get him back in shape. He probably is out of shape again. Cause he's, you know, they filmed <laughs> no time to die like two years ago or whatever. Um, it's hard to stay in like peak physical shape for that long. So, and he's, I'm thinking he's probably filming, uh, you know, the nether, the next uh, knives out which he probably has to gain weight for so mm-hmm. let's get him back in fighting shape let's shoot a hour-long special i don't know what the hell it could be preparing the world for the 60-year anniversary of the james bond franchise which mm-hmm. will be capped by the release finally of no time to die that would be that would be for for bond fans for the bond quote-unquote yeah. community that would be big yeah. that would be huge yeah. that would be a way yeah. to assuage yeah. all of this waiting and waiting and waiting yeah. and just say we got you here's yeah. something we've never done before yeah we're going to take the sitting actor the one that this one that's playing the role right now film something specifically for streaming something yeah. that'll storyline that'll bridge the gap between specter and no time to die yeah and we're going to drop it get carrie fukunaga in here we're yeah. going to drop this on uh you know hbo max in december or you know november mm-hmm. um of uh uh, uh 2021 yeah that's what i, I would do i don't think i don't think craig's trying to hear all that I don't I think mean, he's trying you'd to, have to you'd, ha- you'd have to he's he's an executive producer i mean you'd have to pay him you know a boatload um but I just think, I mean, outside of the, the 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 struggles or the complications of the business side of it, 
artistically and for the fan, it's the right thing to do. And it keeps your character in the public eye, man. I mean, Bond has been gone for a long time. He don't have, you know, cartoons and, you know, spinoff series. And that's all this part of my stuff. point. It's like yeah. at, at, it's like at a certain point. I mean, interest. I'll go so far to say that interest in this film has already started to wane. Yeah, I, I, right? I would, I would the clock that. is yeah. actually the clock is absolutely ticking, and I really would not be surprised if if either Eon brought Apple or Apple brought Eon back to the table, um, because like right now, there app right now Apple is in the midst of a free one year subscription of Apple TV. Uh, and extended with the purchase it. <laughs> of and extended it right mm-hmm. you know with the purchase of a new apple product of some sort phone mm-hmm. tablet blah, 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 blah. so what i'm getting to is they're not going to want to spend only but so much money on bond if a lot of people that would sign up quote unquote sign up for apple tv would 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 have already been signed up by proxy given mm-hmm purchase of new apple devices right Right. but when that runs out or when they're on the very tail end of that promotion then it starts to get interesting again Mm. right because because you definitely if they were going to put it on you know if they were going to put bond on peacock you'd be signing up right i'd be signing up for a limited time yes yeah yeah (laughs) yes but you'll definitely sign up for apple tv and you may or may not stay on there but there's a greater likelihood that you would stay on apple tv before you stay on peacock right yes so you see what i'm saying it's like it's like at a certain point i'm not saying that eon wouldn't be looking at the 60th anniversary Mm -hmm. but i don't think that's i don't think that's number one on the priority list i think that's number like you know three four it's Mm -hmm. definitely in the top five I'll, i'll say this and i'll close it out with this that there's also for eon with a property like Bond, there's a loss of prestige, you know, when you mm-hmm. debut. Wonder Woman 84 just came out. If this was a quote-unquote normal year, that would have been, you know, the theatrical yeah. release for that, that would have been a huge, it would have yeah. dominated everything for the, like the, the three weeks preceding and the three weeks afterwards, it would have been everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. and now it came out and it was like, okay, yeah, that's cool and everything, but there's a loss of prestige, you know, mm-hmm. when you don't debut in theaters, Mm-hmm. Um, or I should say when you don't debut in theaters, um, especially during a pandemic, it's just like everything is so everything is like the volume is turned down on a lot of things right now, you know, and I just feel like for Bond, they for a property that's already kind of is 60 years old, it's almost 60 years old. Um, it's not, you know, the audience for Bond is not as young as Eon would like it to be, um, mm-hmm. excuse mm-hmm. older than Eon would like. And for them, I don't think they can take that hit. You know, I just don't think they can take the prestige hit. I'm great. Um, I'm agreeing with you. Totally agree. So, yeah. Yeah. So all right, let's, all right. let's move on. Let's move on to Star Wars and Lucasfilm. What's first up in 2021 for Star Wars and Lucasfilm? Whew. My heart. The Bad Batch. The Bad Slated for Spring. Batch. Yeah. Uh, after season seven of The Clone Wars, which, um, where we were introduced to The Bad Batch, which is uh, a, a nod to a bad batch of clones who didn't take as well as the majority of the other clones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what storylines could we possibly see or do we want to see explored mm-hmm. in the bad batch? Um, I mean, mind you, this is an animated series 
animated presumably by the same team in the same vein as uh all seven seasons of clone wars mm-hmm. um i'm really excited about this this is clearly um not just this is this is the continuation of the clone war story to the point where at the end of that trailer it said the clone wars and then it burns away and you see the bad batch underneath it so it's like mm-hmm. they aren't even being coy about it they're just like this is you know uh two point you know clone wars 2.5 you know whatever mm-hmm. I got to be honest with you, man, out of everything we've talked about today so far, this is the one I'm most excited about. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm more excited about this than any of that Marvel shit we talked about. If Bond comes out in 2021, then I, I, that's even level for me, you know, but yeah. everything, I'm just like the Bad Batch, man. It's like, I'm still kind of haunted by that last arc of season seven of the clone wars you know mm-hmm. the one um the siege of mandalore mm-hmm. um and you know it's still some of the best that that last episode victory or death um was in and particularly the last scene you know with ahsoka and rex you know burying yeah. the um um the fallen the fallen clones the fallen clone army really that that's some of the best star wars ever you know period mm-hmm. i put that up there with empire you know, that's that's how highly I revere that. So, you know, the the opportunities for the Bad Batch, you know, are we going to we're going to see the early phases of the Empire, Arthur? This is like day. This is like day two. Yeah. You know, saying and of you the got, Empire. You got to figure none of them uh, would fall victim to Order 66. Presumably, no. Now, yeah. in their numbers, though, remember, Echo is part of their group now. My man, yeah. Echo. <clears throat> mm hmm. You could also assume maybe that Echo, because of, you know, all the brainwashing and stuff that happened to him, maybe that chip got taken out. You know, um, it'll be interesting, though, if it didn't. And they mm-hmm. have to like, you know, the Bad Batch has to like, you know, re- remove, his, remove uh-huh. his chip. You know, <laughs> like, wow, how they do that? But uh-huh. to see them basically, you know, they were already outcasts. You know, they were a group who's already outcasts. And now all of their brothers, you know, this their entire the, the entire grand army or the clone army is going to turn against them, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's like, they are, you know, remember what, uh, Jesse said in, uh, 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 the last episode of the clone wars, you know, the order is just not to kill Jedi order 66 is not just to kill Jedi. It's to take out any clone who doesn't comply with that order. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So now mm-hmm. this bad batch is probably going to be hunted by their brothers. Um, so just seeing that in the early phases of the empire, I'm pretty sure we're probably going to get Vader at some point. Um, we're going to see Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see maybe the beginnings of uh, the whole Galen Erso, you know, arc, the Project mm-hmm. Stardust, how they eventually ladder that up to the Death Star. We mm-hmm. might get your boy. We might get Krennic, Arthur. Mm-hmm. We might get Krennic. Hold on. Hold Hopefully on, hold voiced on, on. by my man. <laughs> you got, you got to slow the down. The power. The power. You know, we might get that. You know what I'm saying? We might finally get that. Um, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited about this. I want, I want to find out also, I'm desperate to find out. And I hope that, I hope I'm going to find this out because I hope that the announcement of the Ahsoka series, um, live action series, uh, with our girl Rosario Dawson, I hope that doesn't cancel out, you know, any opportunities to see what I feel like is Ahsoka Prime, basically, is you know Ahsoka, you know, uh, animated Ahsoka, yeah, um, voiced by Ashley Eckstein. I hope that, <clears throat> excuse me, I hope that our live action doesn't cancel out our animated. So yeah, what I'm hoping to see in the Bad Batch at some point, 
I want to find out what happens with Ahsoka and Rex. You know, where yeah. do they go? You uh-huh. know, after they they um they buried those soldiers, uh-huh. um, and I'm hoping that the at some point the Bad Batch is going to run into them. You know, how does she become Fulcrum? Them. How does she become Fulcrum? How everything that happens between In the Clone Wars and Rebels. You mm-hmm. know, I want to see that storyline for Ahsoka, and I think the Bad Batch may give us the opportunity to to um, to meet up with her and Rex and see you know what is going to happen but overall man i think that this is going to be a story and i'll shut up in a minute i know i've talked for a long time i'll shut up and let you let you dive in but overall i feel like this is going to be like an 18 type thing you remember the 18 back in the Mm -hmm. 80s were like this you know they were they were hunted they were wanted they were um, on the fbi wanted list or whatever Mm -hmm. they were taking like odd you know assignments and jobs that they could find so it's basically like an adventure of the week but then there's this overarching like narrative um, and every once in a while, you know, that would come into play. So I think for the Bad Batch, they are going to be getting involved in like adventure of the week type things. But then there's going to be the serialization of like the overall, you know, the Empire has risen. Um, they're being hunted. Um, how are they going to, you know, how do they deal with, you know, the fact that they essentially lost the war, mm-hmm. um, even though the Republic got turned into the Empire? They essentially lost the war. And now all of their brothers are against them. Um, that's going to be fascinating to me. But let me, like I said, I, I talked for a long time. So wh- what do you feel about the series? Um, I, I, I don't know if I can add anything more than you already have it. Um, I do I do hope that that Ahsoka's involved uh, enough not to take over in the same kind of way that that happened in Star Wars Rebels. Um, I, I wonder if they come across a Jedi, you know, um, even Ooh, if, like a Jedi that survived Order sixty six, and they have to protect them because Vader is hunting them or some shit like that. Yeah, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I don't want to see though, I don't want to see too much interplay with, um, you know, a storyline of say, you know, like Obi Wan, for example. I I don't want to I don't want to have what's happening with the MCU to happen with star Wars. And, and that's, and I talked about this, I think in the last show that, that that's starting to be my concern for the Mandalorian season three. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the end of season two, how we're starting to kind of morph uh, all of these storylines together um, mm-hmm. in a clearinghouse sort of way. I don't want to see that happen uh, for the bad batch, but I, I'm, I'm really agreeing with you. I got strong vibes on your, on your A-team analogy. I do think it's going to be going to be kind of a kind of a run and gun type of series where where, the, you know, there are threads of story arc that connect all the episodes together. But there's still a lot of individual individuality in between, mm-hmm. say, the season opener and the season closer. Also, uh, Fennec Shand um, from mm-hmm. Mandalorian is going to we're going to get her origin story, basically, because uh, she's. She, we saw a cl- couple images of her in the Bad Batch trailer, and uh, then it was revealed that Ming Na Wen is going to be um, voicing her. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting. And uh, like I said, that. man, we might get Krennic. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm excited for that. And I think I don't think they've re- given us an exact release date. Um, I'm mm-hmm. guessing though it's going to be spring, maybe even early, late winter, early spring, maybe like uh, March. Um, and I don't know how many episodes, but they could, I'm just, I'm down for whatever. Give me 20 episodes. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm good, you know, whatever. So, um, all right. But what's, uh, okay. Also coming out, um, 
from Star Wars Lucasfilm in 2021. The Book of Boba Fett. Now, yes, when it was we from we talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this on our Mandalorian show, but very quickly. I think at that point, that you know, we've seen the post credits, and it said, you know, at the end of those post credits, it said the Book of Boba Fett coming December 21. But we at that point we didn't know if that meant is this like its own thing? Is it replacing right. Mandalorian? A couple of days after that episode was, was recorded, our episode was recorded. Um, Lucasfilm did reveal that no, this is its own series. Is coming mm-hmm. December twenty first, um, which which also means that Mandalorian season two um, is most likely not going to drop until early twenty twenty two. So we have to season wait. Three, something. you mean? But yeah, right. Season three. I'm sorry. So we we'll have to little, wait a little bit more time for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question, to you though, neither one of us were huge Boba Fett fans. I think you know we've talked about that before. Um, but did the resurrection, so to speak, of, of Fett in the Mandalorian season two, did that whet your appetite for this new series? Or is that did that was that enough to stoke your interest in the book of Boba Fett? Um, that's a good question. It, it it did, but it didn't, if I can answer in a paradoxical way. It mm-hmm. did in the sense that I do like how Boba Fett was revealed in season two of the Mandalorian. Um, mm-hmm. Although I did think it was odd that he didn't just go get his armor from Cobb Vanth since he was living on the same planet in the same neighborhood, basically, and presumably knew who had it and where it was. But still, um, I, uh, I wasn't too mad. I know we had some disagreement on the way that Boba Fett, uh, was portrayed in terms of being a badass. It became Mm. Boba Fett show. Um, but I also had concerns about, Boba Fett and Din Djarin existing in, uh, at the same time for a sustained number of, of shows going into season three. Because I would think that Boba Fett is, 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 would overshadow Din, Din's story. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that he's kind of over here. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> right. he, you, you, you go back to Tatooine, you, you do that. Right, right. Um, um, but, but I just feel that, I just feel that a, a, a lot of this... Um, overall, I feel that shows like The Book of Boba Fett, uh, Ahsoka to a degree, um, are happening at the expense of The Mandalorian. Mm. And, um, I do feel that Grogu, uh, has been taken out of Din Djarin's storyline and put into... Luke Skywalker's post empire storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've got concerns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have those same concerns though. I think that <laughs> it's so funny, man, because in our Mandalorian episode, we did talk about, you know, um, whether or not that Boba Fett, uh, I believe it was chapter nine, 10, 11, 12. I think it was, it was chapter 12, um, of the Mandalorian where, mm-hmm. you know, Boba Fett shows up and basically it becomes the Boba Fett show. Yeah. And I know you and I did talk about how I think both of us were like, mm, that's, that didn't sit right. It felt too much like, you know, the producers and the writers and the, and, 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 and the writer, I should say, and the, um, the director where we're kind of like, getting their Boba Fett love off of their chest. Like, you know, this is what we've been waiting to do since we were kids, you know? So let's like, let's just do everything we want to do with Boba Fett. It's hilarious, Arthur, because I watched the Disney gallery 
the second mm-hmm. season of Disney Gallery, which goes behind the scenes on the second season of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It gets to the part where they interview, they're talking to Robert Rodriguez, the director of that episode. They're talking yeah. to him about chapter 11 yeah. or chapter 12. He said exactly that, bro. He said exactly that. He was like, I wanted to do this since I was a kid. This mm-hmm. is what we've all been waiting for. I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. of course, but he's like, this mm-hmm. is what we've all been waiting for. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to take advantage of this opportunity to show people that why we love Boba Fett and he is yeah. this badass. And I was like, yeah, but he didn't do none of that shit in the original right. trilogy. But anyway, right. like I said, in the Mandalorian episode, I don't want to take away from anybody's Boba Fett love. Cause you know, for a lot of people, I'm sure that that, that chapter 12 was a big moment for them, you know, cause again, mm-hmm. they have been waiting, but for me, it did feel like they side, like you said, they completely sidelined Din Djarin so they could get that Boba Fett thing off of their chest. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have, it didn't really work for the story for me. And so when you watch Disney gallery is you're going to laugh because he, Robert, Robert, excuse me, Robert Rodriguez. Um, he just backs up everything we thought, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but again, I was like, I, I kind of was like, I was laughing cause I was just like, all right, I feel you. Cause if it was some character that I loved, I, you know, I, and I was put in this yeah. position, I wanted to do the same thing, yeah. but Moving forward, I'm with you. I'm glad he's kind of off in his own thing. So we can, Mm -hmm. when we get back to Mandalorian season three, we can focus on Din because Din is more interesting to me. And man, he's got a lot of things to deal with now, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in season three. But as far as Book of Boba Fett, I'm interested in it. Um, It did, you know, his, his portrayal, the way he was portrayed in Mandalorian made me vastly more interested in him in him than I was as a kid when he was, you know, in the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, mainly because of his pathos, you know, he seems like he's, you know, he says that line to Den about, you know, sometimes fate, you know, intervenes to save the wrecked, you know, when he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's obviously wrecking, you know, talking about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to have, you know, when uh, Bo-Katan says that really nasty thing to him, you know, about, you know, um, he says something about his father and she's like, don't you mean your donor? Yeah. Uh, which was, which was what like, just was so beneath the belt, you know what I'm saying? It really mm-hmm. made me dislike Bo-Katan when she said that. But at the same time for Boba, when he answers, he's like, you know, he says, be careful princess. And then he's, you know, when she refers to him, she says, you're not a Mandalorian. He says, I never said I was. There's mm-hmm. just all types of underlying conflict going on with Boba Fett that makes yeah. him more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I am interested in this series and, and I'm, I'm a, I've become a big fan of Fennec Shand. Um, I really like Ming-Na Wen and I think, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in her character. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to see an interesting layer story. I don't just want to see him be a crime boss and just, you know, killing people left and right. I want to see them dive into what they've set up in the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, Boba's funny. It's like Boba, he's getting in the way <laughs> a lot. Cause something that, that, that struck me um, was, are we going to see Obi-Wan Kenobi? Um, at that point, in, no, he's dead. This, 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 no, this is taking place. Oh, God damn. Yeah. The timelines, man. Yeah, the timelines will mess you up. Timelines um, always bite me. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I think that, um, yeah, he's gone. And, you know, but on that same, just really quickly, in that same type of area, it was always, it was very interesting to me in that last, you know, scene in The Mandalorian season two, when Luke shows up, I, I was wondering, damn, if Boba was there, would Luke have looked over and be like, 
ain't you dead? <laughs> like, what? Why are you here? Like, wait a minute. Like, would Luke have looked at him and be like, hold on? No, nah, not that Luke. In that scene, remember Luke didn't look at anybody. He just talked directly <laughs> Luke, to Dan. And Luke didn't, didn't look at anybody. He didn't, didn't seem to have any kind of problem that right. you know the Empire. He he killed the Emperor, but we've got a Star Destroyer here and <laughs> right. all this all this stuff's going on. We got battle droids that I'm cutting through like butter. There's a moth sitting on the floor. He didn't recognize. He didn't pay attention to any of that. But I gotta think, man, if he if he walked in that room and Boba Fett was standing there, he would at least been like. Hold on, wait a minute. Excuse me for a second. Yes, child, I'll pick you up in a minute. Hold on. Aren't you dead? Like, didn't we leave you? Didn't when you fall into a sarlacc pit? Like, what? Right. So that that was interesting. But anyway, no. Uh, Obi Wan is not going to show up. Obi Wan. Well, dead. see, it wouldn't happen because he didn't react to he didn't react to Din Djarin that way. It, in other words, in other words, prior to Empire, uh, prior to uh, yeah, prior to Empire, we nobody's seen a Mandalorian, right? Yeah, but I got to think at this so point. So when you presume that, you know, he's just looking at an upgraded Boba? Well, at this point, though, I think Luke is at least because at that point, Luke, you know, in Star Wars, the original movie, he was just a farm kid. But at that point that he shows up in The Mandalorian, I hope that he understands the galaxy enough to have either met That's other fair. Mandalorians or to know of Mandalorians, you know. That's um, fair. But anyway, so, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, all right. So you're you're at least at least slightly interested in the Boba Fett series. I, I I'm yeah. I am okay. interested in the Boba Fett series. Um, um, I'm in, I mean, I'm very interested in Andor. Yeah, let's. I want to see Cassian. Let me run through because they, you know, uh, Lucasfilm dropped a lot of shit um, at the beginning of December. So, really quickly, let's just run through this, and then we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. They announced that, of course, like I said, Mandalorian season three will probably drop in 2022, early 2022. Um, Much of these things don't have release dates. Rangers of the New Republic, no release date, but we know it's Disney Plus. Ahsoka, no release date. We know it's Disney Plus. Andor um, is coming in 2022, Disney Plus. Obi-Wan Kenobi coming in 2022, Disney Plus. Star Wars Vision, no release date, Disney Plus. Lando. That's right, Lando. Mm-hmm. No release date, 2022. Or, I mean, excuse me, no release date, Disney Plus. Um, the Acolyte, um, which I believe is that I, I think that's I don't know, I think that's a film. That's a film, um, but no release date. Droid Story, Disney Plus, no release date. Willow, um, mm-hmm. a reboot of Willow, uh, theatrical, but no release date. Rogue Squadron, um, theatrical, which will be directed by uh, Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman's Patty Jenkins. Mm. Uh, no release date, but that'll be a, a standalone film, I believe. Um, untitled Taika Waititi film. Um, no release date, but that'll be a standalone, I believe, Star Wars film. And then lastly, uh, Children of Blood and Bone, not a Star Wars film. This is just a, um, a Lucasfilm production um, of a popular uh, novel, fantasy novel. And I believe that it'll be uh, directed by our boy, Rick uh, Famuyiwa. Mm, I hope um, so. Yeah. I, 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 think I do not want to see another Red Tails. I think he's already signed on for it. So that's <clears> that's, <throat> that's going to be interesting. Um, but out of that list, that la- that laundry list, is there anything else? Um, again, none of these are, are you know, looking like they're going to drop in 2021. But is there anything on there that you even want to comment on? Um. Yeah, I I feel bad for saying this, but Rogue, Rogue Squadron isn't. I'm intrigued to see what it is. It almost sounds like Star Wars Top Gun. 
Yeah, I um, think there's a very popular video game. I know neither one of us are gamers, but I believe this is you know it's a very popular video game that it's um going to be based off of. But yeah, basically, yeah, like Star Wars Top Gun. Yeah, but I kind of I kind of deep sigh with it because I mean Rogue Squadron, uh, also known as the Rogue Group, you know it was it was the fighter squadron that Luke Skywalker founded, mm. and I just I just. I'm just really done with the Skywalker saga. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be a sticking point with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, it's it's it is what it is. I mean, Luke Skywalker in particular is always going to be the centerpiece of of almost any Star Wars project. You know, um, mm-hmm. so you can't really you know escape that. Um, but it's just it's just I mean, God, man, they're like what twelve shows that are on here and you know it's like skywalker's got to be one of them Mm. this is the most ambitious like slate of star wars slash lucasfilm um projects ever announced at one time this is just this is a enormous expansion for them um but to your point are they going to expand beyond skywalker um yeah, yeah i don't know I will say though the children of blood and bone that that's something that I I'm really looking forward to to, to seeing that. Ditto, uh, mainly because um, I don't know the source material, but I know that Rick is responsible for two of, if not two of the my favorite Mandalorian episodes. Mm-hmm. Definitely, chapter two is my favorite. Period. Sure, Mandalorian right. episode. Um, but then the most recent one he did, um, chapter fifteen. Um, uh the believer um that's you know that's climbing up there that may that may, it's definitely it's already in my top five mandalorian episodes but it may be climbing even higher i just i just watched that again a couple days ago and i was i'm just blown mm-hmm. away by that episode um so i'm interested in that too uh anything else on this list for you i got a couple uh i want to hear yours so definitely i'm interested in um like i said children of blood and bone Definitely interested in Obi Wan Kenobi that's coming in 2020, 2022 because mm-hmm. I am I've said this before in the show but really quickly I'm gonna say it again I'm I think Obi Wan is underappreciated in the sense of he is um, in terms of his skill set as a Jedi um, yeah. he defeated Vader twice you know that second mm-hmm. time you know in, in the that twice that we know of um, and the second time, you know, when he allowed Vader to kill him, that was obviously, that was obviously a victory for Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm interested in seeing him dive into the one. I'm interested in seeing him dive into the um, where he's at mentally after seeing the entire Jedi Order wiped out. Mm-hmm. Um, the guilt he may be feeling, the conflict he has, um, his turmoil, the fact that he has to watch over, you know, what is presented to him as the future, you know, the only hope for the Jedi, um, or for the galaxy, um, to bring balance to the force. He has to watch over this little kid, um, while still dealing with all his other, the fact that he feels like he failed, um, Mm -hmm. with Anakin, Mm -hmm. um, all of that. I'm interested in all of that. I want to see him face off with Vader again. Um, there's a famous line from a new hope where Vader says, when last we met, you know, I was the pupil, you were the master or whatever he says. People always presume that goes back to Sith, but it could be another time that they met and mm-hmm. Obi had to school him again. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what I want to see. There's a lot of Vader stands out there, man. I like Vader, but yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. yo, stop underappreciating Obi-Wan. You know what I'm saying? It's like 
he handled business against Vader twice. I want to see him school Vader again. Like I mm-hmm. want to see them go up against each other and I want to see him defeat Vader again. Um, I want to see, you know, where else he goes in the galaxy. I don't think he's just going to stay on Tatooine. I want to see him go other places in the galaxy. Deborah Chow is directing all these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, she's responsible for two of the best episodes in season one of the Mandalorian. Um, so I'm interested in that. So yeah, that's top of my list. Um, Rangers of the New Republic. I'm interested in. I think we're going to get into that in a future episode of Mad Unreal. We we kind of hinted at it already. The fact that these revolutionaries um, from the original trilogy are basically turning into cops. You know, into mm-hmm. a police force. <clears throat> and what does that mean? And how does that look? And how does that um, bump heads with their former ideology? Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, very interested in Andor. And or because um, Rogue One was a film that you and I both, I think, appreciate. I think I think post I think out of all the the Disney films that have been released, I think that's the one that you and I hold above everything else. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Rogue One. So and Tony Gilroy, who was involved in uh, the reshoots or whatever with Rogue One, he's um, running things for Andor. So and it's been pitched as as well as a spy thriller. Um, So I'm, I'm very interested in Andor. Um, and then, you know, dude, Mandalorian season three, 2022, you know, I'm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. eagerly, I'm, we are a year over a year away and I'm eagerly anticipating it because Din and story and, you know, I, I predict it's, it's, it's far more interesting to me than anything else that they're telling right now. And I predict that, um, with the exception of the bad batch and I predict that, um, his, I predict that the story of the Mandalorian is the story is a lone wolf and cub. So I just don't see Grogu mm-hmm. being gone permanently. I predict that Grogu will come back to that series, probably the end of season three, you know, we'll see the return of Grogu. Um, until that point, I look forward to seeing Din Djarin wrestle with everything that was revealed to him about himself in season two. Yeah. Um, what he's, you know, his belief system and, you know, the fact that he grew up in a cult and, um, you know, the fact that he now has the dark saber and mm-hmm. what that means. And he's, mm-hmm. is he going to even, um, uh, go back to Mandalore or is he going to be like rejecting it all? And he's going to go back to his life as a bounty hunter. There's all these different possibilities. So Mandalorian is still top of my list. Can't wait to get, get into that in season three. I hope we see the armorer. I hope we see the return of the armor in season three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, can actually, swallow. Yeah. She'll be back. She'll be back for sure. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to the acolyte actually. Um, mm, that, and that's a standalone film, right? No, actually it's, it's a series that's being okay. developed. Um, oh, that's the one being ran by uh, uh, the director of um, the showrunner of uh, Russian Doll. Yeah, Leslie yeah. Headland. Yeah, um, it's yeah, being billed as absolutely. a mystery thriller um, that gets into the emerging dark side uh, power in the High Republic era. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, I mean, on the on paper, there's like absolutely no chance of a Star War of a Skywalker showing up. So. I'm, I'm, <laughs> here for that so that does it for you well they, they had me a mystery thriller I'm, I'm that's all they had to say to me i'm good I, w- I want to check that out now all right that is a wrap man it is it is the end of 2020 um and we're gonna go away for a short while we'll be back though um in probably february 2020 probably february probably, probably february. february 2021 um enough time that we when we come back we'll have a lot to talk about in terms of uh you know the Marvel series getting, you know, talking about 
WandaVision and then getting geared up for um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may have some surprises up our sleeves that we're working out. Uh, absolutely. Now yeah, absolutely. Um, we encourage you to reach out to us uh, on Twitter. Use the hashtag MadUnreal. Uh, we want to see and hear about what you're looking forward to uh, for 2021. Um I uh, would be very interested in what you think about uh, our bond uh, discussion and what our <laughs> viewpoints are. Uh, <laughs> I should start a I should start a Twitter poll on what what streaming service Bond is gonna be mm. gonna be put on. First, the first poll will be if it's going to streaming service. But yeah, I feel you. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll just start a poll on that. Um, yeah. So yeah, hit us up though, because I I, I want to hear everybody's most anticipated things of 2021 and. Um, I think for a lot of us, man, you know, in 2020, a lot of these shows like The Mandalorian and some of these other things kind of provided a little bit of a refuge at times. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, you just kind of like shut everything all else off and like just journey into this world for a minute um, before you come back to reality. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that's why we wanted to do this to kind of gear everybody up for what's happening in 2021. So a lot of these things, man, I'm really, really excited for. All right, this is uh, a wrap of episode 31. I want to thank everyone, all of you listeners, for uh, riding with us throughout the year. Um, And uh, we're putting a lot of work into uh, 2021 and our new, not necessarily calling them seasons, but definitely our new next phase uh, of the show. So that's an excellent way to put it. Yep. Cool. Happy New Year, everybody, and take care. See you next show. Happy New Year, peace, and keep it unreal.